So today we're going to continue to talk about uh, relationships. The name of our series is ER. We're talking about relationships coming out of the ER of crisis and into the place in the realm of health and, and wholeness. Amen. And so in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18, the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. We talked about why it's not good for man to be alone. I believe it's not good for man to be alone because we do better when we in relationship. It, the importance of relationship is, is uh, I don't think we fully understand it. And uh, I think it's really true that the quality of our life is directly related to the relationships that we develop in our life. The better you get at building relationships, the better your life will be. Just bottom line. In fact, you know, somebody said you can really trace all the highlights of your life to relationships and you can really connect all the lowest parts of your life to relationships. The highs and lows of life are relationally connected. And if we took time to think about that, I think you would agree with me. So how do we transform our relationships out of the R of crisis and into a healthy place? Well, the first week we talked about the importance or the priority of relationships. We just gotta, we just gotta accept the fact that relationships are important. That we can't be a hermit. We can't just, you know, close the blinds and just close the doors and live our life alone. We need to connect with others. Amen. And then last week, Pastor Brandon talked about the importance of the condition of our heart. You know, out of our heart, our mouth speaks. You know, guard your heart because everything else flows out of the condition of your heart. And so if you got a hard heart, it's going to be hard for you to connect with others. And so we need the Lord to give us a new heart, a soft heart, a tender heart, a compassionate heart. Amen. Now, today I want to talk to you about emotional connections. Now, once your heart is healed, then you, you have to move to specific areas of your life that the Lord wants to work on. And on the heels of getting your heart healed, God begins to work on and restore your emotional life or your emotions. Now, why does God want to heal our emotions? Well, emotions are very, a very important part of who we are. You know, whenever the Bible says uh, God created us, uh, in Genesis 1.26, then God said, let us make man in our image and according to our likeness. God made us in his image and likeness. God created us to have emotions because he has emotions. In fact, you remember, uh, in, in, uh, it's recorded in Genesis 6 and verse 6 that when God saw the wickedness of mankind, it says that it grieved him. In fact, let me read it to you. The Lord was grieved that he had made man on the earth and his heart was filled with pain. God felt sorrow the condition, at the condition of the world. In other words, his heart was filled with grief and pain. Now, how many of you know that that obviously means that his heart was filled with emotion? Grief is an emotion. Sorrow is an emotion. We, we can also see deep emotions in the life of Jesus. Do you remember whenever he told, uh, whenever he, he looked out of Jerusalem and he said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who sent you. How often I have longed to gather you as children together, as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. I long to gather you as a hen gathers her chicks. You can just hear the emotions in his voice there. 
You remember at the tomb of Lazarus, the Bible says that Jesus wept, clearly displaying his emotional connection to his friend Mary and his brother Lazarus. In fact, it says in John eleven thirty three, you might be there. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid them? He said, come and see, Lord, they replied. And Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him? Now, as Jesus wept, the Jews recognized, hey, there's a deep emotional connection that Jesus has with Lazarus. But there was also deep emotional sensitivity towards Mary. He could emotionally connect with her loss. And he was expressing his emotion by weeping. You know, again, in the Garden of Gethsemane where he, he prayed and he agonized that the Lord would release him from this, from the cross. Do you remember whenever he looked over at the people, the, the crowds of people, and the Bible says that he, he was moved with compassion. How many of you know compassion is an emotion? Are y'all with me out there? Now I know this is, goes against the grain of what a lot of us have been taught. Some of us have been taught that big boys don't cry. That crying is a sign of weakness. How you feel really doesn't matter. You just need to get over it. Have you ever heard that? And we shouldn't be emotional. We should learn to hold in our emotions. And we've bought into that. Some of us have been taught that our emotions aren't important and that we shouldn't allow ourselves to be emotional. But can I remind you that you are made in the image and likeness of God and God is emotional? Listen, God's word teaches that our emotions are not only to be tolerated, but also validated. Romans 12, 15 says, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Now, rejoicing requires an emotional response. Oh, that's great. Praise the Lord. You know what? Weeping requires an emotional response. To weep with others, you have to engage your emotions. And so as you can tell, obeying Romans 12, 15 requires an emotional response. You can't rejoice with those that rejoice and weep with those that weep unless you get your emotions involved. In Ecclesiastes 3, it says, there is an appointed time, in verse 1, for everything. There's a time for every event under heaven. Verse 4 says, there's a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. So according to Ecclesiastes 3, there's an appropriate time to weep and an appropriate time to laugh. There's an appropriate time to mourn and there's an appropriate time to dance. Uh-oh. The Bible says, dance in church. Right? That's a joke. It's not good when you got to tell people that was a joke. Okay, so God not only tolerates our emotions, but he validates our emotions. So if we're going to develop healthy relationships, we have to learn to not only tolerate, but validate each other's emotions. And so why does God want us to heal, want to heal our emotions? Well, emotions reflect the health and depth of our relationships. Do you recall when the woman, uh, that woman that was in Simon's house, who was a sinner, she was a sinner, and she washed the feet of Jesus. Remember that story? She washed the feet of Jesus with her hair and her tears. Her tears represented her emotions, right? 
Her tears and emotions represented and revealed the intensity of her relationship to Jesus, her love for Jesus. In fact, in Luke 7, 44, it says, Then he turned to the woman and he said to Simon, Look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love, but a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. Now, according to Jesus, this woman's emotional response was a reflection of her deep love and health of her relationship with Jesus. And so Jesus said, because she has forgiven much and she has great gratitude and she's overflowing with emotion. So listen, the depth of her love and relationship with Jesus was revealed by demonstrating her emotions. You know, if you really love somebody, gang, you got to have some emotion. Can I just talk to you for a little bit? If you really love somebody... You should show it with emotion. I, I need a better amen. You see, and so the myth that we believe that emotions are not important is a myth. It's a lie, right? So listen, emotions reflect the health and depth of our relationship. And so if we want extraordinary relationships... If we want strong and healthy and vibrant relationships, not just average relationships, then you know what? We're going to have to learn how to discern and value the emotional part of our relationships. Can I continue to unpack this for a moment? Emotions provide guideposts and signals within a relationship. So until we recognize the emotional state of those we're in relationship with, we can never develop healthy relationships. We're going to have to learn how to reveal or, or understand those signals that our family and friends give us through their emotions if we want to have meaningful relationships. Now, let me explain what I'm talking about. It's those flashes and expressions of emotions, good or bad, that gives us insight into where we are in relationally. If you miss a signal or you respond incorrectly, you damage that relationship. So in other words, you got to pay attention to where people are emotionally. Because if you don't, you could be damaging relationships every day and never even realize it. You have to learn to be sensitive enough to observe when your loved ones are, are responding emotionally in a negative or in a positive way. Let me illustrate what I'm talking about. Have you ever said or did something to somebody and you quickly notice that their entire countenance fell? And even their body language, you say something or you do something, and if you pay attention, you can see it in their face. If you pay attention, you can see it in their body language, especially with children. If you're too harsh or hard with children, you can tell. It's so obvious. It's like their spirit is wide open and then all of a sudden their spirit totally closes up. So if you don't read and respond to that correctly, you could have a long-term damaged relationship. So you got to learn to discern where somebody is emotionally and then respond accordingly. In Proverbs 25, 26, it says, like one who takes away a garment in cold weather and like vinegar on soda... 
is one who sings songs to a heavy heart. In other words, there's a time and a season for everything. And you must be timely in the way that you respond to the emotional state of people. We're talking about building relationships here. And so unfortunately, some people are clueless when it comes to the emotional state of the loved ones that they live with. Have you ever gone to the funeral home to visit some friends or family members who recently had a tragic loss? They had a tragic loss. And as soon as you greet them, you see the deep grief on their face, but you immediately start talking to them about, hey, did you hear that the fish are biting in Henderson? And did you know they got a great sale at Dillard's right now? How many of you know wrong response? You don't walk into a funeral home when people are emotionally in a state of grief and sorrow and come in there bubbling like everything is fine and talk to them like there's nothing going on around them. Are y'all with me out there? There's an emotional and an inappropriate response to the emotional state that your friends and family members are in. Remember Ecclesiastes 3 says in verse 4, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance. You've got to be able to discern that. Romans 12, 15, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. So when we live in relationships with people, we need to watch, we need to watch emotionally what's happening in our relationship. Let me give you a couple of negative things that we should watch for. Number one, anger. Usually it's caused when someone has been hurt. And when someone is angry, they usually have a deep-seated hurt or frustration. And so we as family members or loved ones, we need to learn to discern when someone we love is displaying emotional anger, right? If you're, have, if you're living with someone who is angry, I encourage you to ask the Lord to show you what's making that person angry and am I the one that's causing them to be angry? Because sometimes we're, we don't understand why our loved ones are angry or displaying anger and we haven't a clue that it might be the way that we're treating them. Here's another one. What about depression? Depression is usually caused when someone has suffered great loss or they have been beat up a lot. Depression is not always very obvious. But listen, usually it can be detected. De depression can be detected by those that live in close proximity with a loved one. Sometimes, listen, when people are depressed, sometimes all they need is somebody that is an empathetic listener, somebody that shows compassion, that is willing to take time to acknowledge their pain and ask them if they would like to talk about what's going on in their life. Sometimes all they need is somebody to just display that they care and that they're there. And it can heal them of the depressed state that they're in. A third emotion is fear. Usually, it has its roots in trauma and a person suffers when there's no one there to protect them. And so some people are living with all kinds of fear right in our homes, right in our workplace, right in our church environment. They're living with fear. They have fear of people. They have fear of close relationships. They have fear of failure, fear of rejection, and it could go on. But you know, sometimes we have friends and loved ones that are living in the, in the parallel, the, the grip in the paralyzing power of fear. So if you notice someone has fear, 
It's an emotion. Anger is emotion. Depression is an emotion. And somebody with fear needs somebody that's willing to slow down. Not just say, hey, you got to get a grip. Come on, I'm talking to the guys here just for a minute. Come on, buck up, right? Again, it doesn't matter what emotional struggle that we're dealing with, or our loved ones are dealing with, whether anger, depression, fear, discouragement, you, you can go on and on. What people are looking for is someone who will notice their emotional pain and take time to try to help them. Let me say that again. As we live in relationship with people, we're living in such a fast-paced world, we're living with all our attention just on ourselves, what people are looking for Relationally speaking, as someone who will notice their emotional pain and take time to try to help them. If you want extraordinary relationships, you got to learn to connect emotionally. It's critical. It's critical. There are critical negative signs that can help you deepen your relationship if you'll take notice. Now, what are some positive signs? You can, you can connect people in a positive way. Like, for instance, uh, remember, rejoice with those that rejoice. What about a person's passions? What a person is genuinely interested in and excited about? He usually doesn't mind talking about what he likes to talk about. And he don't like, you know, people don't mind, you know, just spending time connecting on an emotional level whenever the conversation is something that they're excited about. Amen. Why? Because passions are great emotional inroads to help us connect emotionally with others. Isn't that true? If you want to build extraordinary relationships with friends, learn what they're interested in. Learn what they're passionate about. Learn what they're excited about. And then get involved and participate in conversation and activities with them. And so, you know, um, Tanya and I, in our relationship, uh, Tanya found out I like to fish. And I like to play golf. So she decided to get emotionally connected with me and learn how to fish and play golf. And we've been connecting emotionally ever since. Amen. Now we can positively emotionally connect in a boat. Amen. Praise the Lord. Isn't that great? And then I found out Tanya likes to shop. And she likes to go to the mall. And so I decided to emotionally connect with her by bringing a book to the mall. Amen. I used to say, I hate them all. I'm not going to them all. Well, I can do that all day, but it's not going to emotionally connect. I heard about a marriage that was on the verge of divorce that got healed. Because the wife decided, you know what? He likes to hunt. I'm going hunting. And she started hunting with him and their marriage got healed. Amen. Now, I'm not saying, women, you need to go hunting. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, you got to learn to emotionally connect in a positive way by getting involved in what people are interested in. A second positive emotional sign post that we need to discern is a person's need for love. And uh, in fact, 1 Corinthians 14, 1 says, let love be your greatest aim. Well, how many of you know without genuine, unconditional love, you can't develop lasting emotional connections? You know, some people say, you know, I heard it said that 
You know, I'm numb. I don't have emotions. Well, that's an emotion. And so, you know, I've heard, you know, like, uh, I forgot the sea, the sea anemone. It's a plant type thing in the ocean. And, and it lives like this. But if something touches it in the wrong way, it closes up and clams up. Emotionally, we're born to be like this. But sometimes through life, we have things that close us up. And then when we're emotionally closed up and we try to connect with people in relationship, we can't ever get past the surface because we're like this. But we need to be like this. Love does this. Love opens us, our hearts up. Amen? According to Dr. Chapman, each person has a tendency to speak and respond to love better in their language. So we need to find out what our loved one's language is and then begin loving them in their language. Now, you've heard of this, right? The five love languages, receiving gifts, quality time, words of affirmation, acts of service, physical touch. Some people respond differently to different things. You know, some people, you give them a gift and they go, oh, thank you. But then if you say, man, that was a great job. You did a great job. They'll light up. Words of affirmation. So, you know, when a person is genuinely loved in what makes their motor tick, they open up emotionally. And a greater relationship can happen. You know, I've, I'm learning, I'm learning more and more every day how to connect emotionally. Especially right now that I have a, a granddaughter. And I notice when she walks into the house, if I greet her like this, Penelope, you're at my house! Her face rises. She comes running to me. And then she says, come on, pie. And she carries me right to the bedroom, the toy room. And she says, sit down. And I got to sit down. And she pulls out the dowels. But hey, it's her love language and I'm going to speak to her. Amen. Come on, are y'all with me out there? Yes, Amen. But listen, if you want to build extraordinary relationships, you have to learn to care. You have to learn to nurture. You have to learn to love unconditionally. Let love be your greatest aim. A third positive emotional sign is the need for encouragement. A person develops great emotional strength when they feel encouraged. And so encouragement is developed in relationships when we affirm and we build up. And listen, just as negative words damage and erode emotional stability, so positive words heal and build up emotional stability. Come on, are you with me out there? You know, I was talking to a guy the other day, and, and, and uh, he, uh, he actually wanted to compliment me. And he said, now look, I don't want to inflate your head, but then he complimented me. And all I could hear was, I don't want to inflate your head. But I think sometimes we think that if we affirm people and build them up, it might make them arrogant or something. But you know, normally it has the opposite effect. It humbles somebody. Come on, are y'all with me? And so listen, take every opportunity to affirm, to encourage, and build people up around you. Amen? Listen, until we recognize the importance of the emotional connection we make in relationships, we'll never develop healthy 
and strong relationships. Now, the key to emotional health in relationships is personal emotional maturity. You damage relationships when you don't have emotional maturity in your life. You can't develop emotionally healthy relationships if you're personally emotionally unhealthy. Does that make sense? In other words, what I'm saying is if you're moody, if you're cranky, if you're cold, if you're critical, if you're harsh, you can't develop strong relationships. You've got to get emotional maturity going on in, in your life. Amen? You can't have your loved ones kind of peek in, see what kind of mood you're in to decide whether they can walk in the room or not. Amen. Come on, I'm preaching now. Amen? Now listen, I know we all have bad days, but you got to get some spiritual and some uh, emotional maturity going on in your life. Amen? First John 2 says, Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. Now, the Lord created us to be tripart beings, right? We have a body, a soul, and a spirit. And so the Lord wants us to prosper in all three areas, body, soul, and spirit. Now, the soul is composed of mind, the will, and the emotions. Yeah. So the Lord wants us to prosper in our emotions. The emotions reside in our soul, not in our spirit. And so the Lord wants to heal our soul so we can have healthy emotions. He wants us to prosper there. He doesn't want us to live angry. He doesn't want us to live bitter. He doesn't want us to live hateful. He doesn't want us to live harsh and hard. He doesn't want us to live negative. He doesn't want us to have moodiness every day. He wants us to be t uh, stable emotionally, whether the sun's out or not. Amen? And so the soul is composed of, of uh, emotions that the Lord wants to work in, that he wants to heal. And the Lord wants us to become emotionally stable so that we don't damage our relationships. And you know, I can tell you this. You know, the times whenever I've, I've damaged our relationship with Tanya and I, it's, it was my emotional immaturity. Whenever I've I damaged my relationship with my daughter, it was my emotional immaturity. It's my emotional immaturity that damages my relationships. I can't afford to fly off the handle. I can't afford to throw things across the room. I can't afford to yell at my family. Are y'all with me out there? I need to rein it in through the power of God. Amen? And so why does he want us to be emotionally healthy? When your emotions are healthy, then your relationships can flourish. You can't have emotionally healthy relationships when you're emotionally not healthy. When your emotions are healthy, then you can connect, listen, emotionally with other people. And that's where deep relationships are forged. When we connect emotionally with other people. Every, we can all get along like in this setting. But then when we start connecting emotionally, 
our relationships go to another level. That's why whenever you have people that go on a mission trip or they, or they do some kind of project and they work together. That's why people fall in love at work because they hang out in each other's office and they connect on an emotional level. And before they know it, they're, they're, they're tied together. You go on a trip with somebody and, and you, you have this experience on the mission field and you come back and, and there, you, you experience all these, these emotional highs and lows and you get back and, and there's a connection there. Are y'all with me? And so we need to learn to get emotionally healed so we can connect with people. So how do you develop emotionally maturity? How do you do that? Well, first of all, you got to take responsibility for emotional immaturity. In other words, if you're angry, take responsibility. Don't blame it on anything. And I could go there, but I'm not, right? If you're depressed or sad, be honest about it. Take responsibility for it. If you're fearful, just say, I'm afraid about where this will take us. Don't just close up. If you're moody and cranky, say, you know what? I'm having a cranky day today. Please forgive me. I'm cranky. Amen. Come on, I hear I hear a hundred people under their breath say, Amen. Amen. Say that again. Say that again. But you know, uh, I heard about this couple that the wife and the husband was trying to connect emotionally and and uh, they were trying to figure out each other's moods. And they, the husband decided, I'm going to get my wife one of the mood rings. Are, are you familiar with the mood ring? You know, the mood ring, it turns color depending on your mood. And they found out whenever uh, the wife was in a good mood, it turned this beautiful tar- turquoise blue. But whenever she was in a bad mood, the husband had a red spot on his head. I love that. <laughs> so you got to take responsibility. Don't blame others for your immature emotional state. Ephesians 4.26 says, Don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. So in other words, he's saying, it's okay to be angry. Everybody gets angry. But when you get angry, take full responsibility for it. Just forgive and ask forgiveness. It's okay if you're feeling moody and cranky, just take responsibility for it. Repent to those who you're being moody and cranky towards. It's amazing the power of these words. I'm sorry, I was wrong. Would you please forgive me for being ugly? You know, it's, you know, it's amazing how God gives you a chance to, oh yeah, you're going to preach this? Let's see. Let's see what you're going to do with this. We're having a creative meeting, um, this week and, and, uh, we're talking about, we're having a creative meeting about the Easter service and we had a few of us in there. We're talking about ideas and stuff. And while we're talking about, I was talking to one of the guys on the team and I was talking to him, but he wasn't, he was looking at his phone and he was, and so I was cranky. And I said, hey, hey, quit looking at your phone. Look up at me. 
I want to see your eyeballs when I'm talking to you. I don't feel like I'm connecting with you when you got your head down. And everybody in the room got quiet. And I just kept going with the meeting. But the Holy Spirit was like, "Mm -mm. that is not the way you're going to talk about that. That's the way they're supposed to treat people on Sunday morning. You're not going to treat him like that. And so I tried to end the meeting and the Holy Spirit just kept. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? And so I said, uh, hey, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I was ugly in the way that I talked to you. And, and it turns out he was trying to find an idea for our creative meeting. Yeah. <laughs> and so now I'm feeling this low. Yeah. He's trying to help me out, right? But I'm, hey, 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 hey. But you know, it's amazing. Thank God he had the grace to forgive me. And I think we're still friends. But how many times have I done that and not taken responsibility? How many times have I gone into a funeral home and want to talk about the sale at Dillard's because I'm out of touch with where somebody is emotionally? So you got to take responsibility, right? The second key to getting healed emotionally is embracing the work of the Holy Spirit. And I just touched on that. But emotional unhealthiness is the result of an underlying hurt or deep emotional wound. And many times what we're responding to is not what we're experiencing at the moment, but it's a lifetime of hurt and experience. You know, somebody said 80% of the problems we have in our marriage has to do with what, what happened to us before we got married. Our emotional unhealthy moodiness and outbursts is just the tip of the iceberg. There's something way below the level there. There's a whole lot more going on. And emotional upheavals are usually messengers indicating that we have unresolved issues in our life. Are y'all with me? Well, how do you deal with unresolved issues? It's the Holy Spirit's job. Isaiah 61, we just read it in Luke 4, but in Isaiah 61, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty to the captives. Jesus has a way of healing us, our broken hearts, and healing us emotionally. Amen? In verse 3, it says, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the Spirit of heaviness, the oil of joy. The Holy Spirit is the healer, isn't he not? The Holy Spirit, emotional healing starts with our spirit being healed. Remember, we're a tripart being. We have a spirit, we have a, a soul, mind, will, and emotions, and then we have a body. See, the way we get our soul healed is we get our spirit healed. Our emotions are in our soul, but our, we need to get healed in our spirit. The only one that can heal our spirit is Jesus Christ. Jesus has an amazing way of transforming somebody's life. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things pass away. How does God heal us? Through the work of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit's job. Listen, the Holy Spirit does three things. The Holy Spirit convicts you when you're being emotionally immature, if we'll just listen to the Holy Spirit. 
If we pay attention to the Holy Spirit, the reason why we feel awkward and we feel weird whenever we do something wrong is because it's the Holy Spirit saying that was the wrong reaction. That was the wrong response. And you need to take responsibility and change it. Are y'all still tracking with me this morning? The Holy Spirit comforts us. When somebody is not healed emotionally and they cut us up, what are we going to do? We get in the presence of God. We let the Lord know about how we got cut. We lament towards the Lord and let the healing power of God come in our life because he's a great comforter and he can heal and comfort you in your emotional brokenness. Amen? But then the third thing is the Holy Spirit heals your spirit so that you can be healthy and whole and you don't have to work at trying to be nice. You can just be nice because the spirit of Jesus is flowing through your entire life, spirit, soul, and body. Amen. And that's where God wants us to be. So I, I think that the people that can have the strongest relationships are those that have a strong relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. The stronger your relationship with Jesus, the better your relationship relationships can be. Amen. That's why Jesus needs to be most important in our life. Do y'all agree with that this morning? Amen. Emotional connections. I hope you got something out of this because I did. Amen. Would you stand with me? Let's just take a moment right now. Would you just do me a favor and just bow your head and And let's just, let's just, let's just seal. Let's just, let's ask the Holy Spirit right now. Let's ask the Lord, Lord, what are you trying to, what are you trying to tell me right now? What are you trying to get across to me in this message this morning? Maybe, maybe the Lord is wanting to, to just help us and, and, and just curb our emotional immaturity so that we can develop and we can connect better with our children and our spouse and our co-workers and our loved ones. Maybe, maybe you've been raised in an emotional, immature home where shouting and, 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 and outburst, anger and harshness was the norm. Can we just invite the Holy Spirit to come right now and just let His bomb just begin to heal our hearts? Just and we'll just acknowledge it to the Lord. First, we got to take responsibility, and then we got to just allow the Holy Spirit just submit to and and embrace the work of the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit just come upon you right now and and just bring healing. Come on, let's just ask the Lord. Lord, we pray. God, we can't be emotionally healthy beings without being healed emotionally. So, Father, I pray that right now, that in this church, in this in this congregation, in this building, Lord, that your spirit... Let me ask you a question. How many of you would say, man, I got an anger problem? I got a moodiness problem. 
Come on, I, I, I got a crankiness problem. I got a negativity problem. I, I tend to be negative. I tend to be harsh. And come on, come on. That's who I'm talking to. The Lord is just, he's not trying to, he's not trying to beat you up or discourage you. He's trying to say, no, we got to get healed in that area. So come on, let's present ourselves to the Lord right now. Father, I pray, Lord, would you let the comfort of the Holy Spirit just fill this room right now. Lord, as we respond to the work of the Holy Spirit, Lord, would you just do a great, in a deep work right now. Thank you, Lord, that, Lord, you are just causing, Lord, our hearts to be healed of the wounds and the hurts and the rejections and the disappointments and, the Lord, the mistreatments. Lord, I pray right now, Father God, that you would just, Lord, bring healing to us and bring peace and bring, Lord, bring compassion and bring kindness and bring love and bring nurture. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you bring compassion. Fill our hearts today. Lord Jesus, I pray, open up our closed spirits, Lord. Lord, those of us that have been living with a closed spirit, Lord, I pray for the power of your love. Open up our hearts. Open up our spirits, Lord, that we might be able to connect with others, Lord, on an emotional level from this point on. Thank you, Father God, for just touching us today. Lord, we love you. We honor you. We bless you. We praise you. Now listen, you know, as we've been talking about this, we talked about, you know, it starts in the Spirit. And before you can be healed emotionally, you have to have the Holy Spirit in your spirit. That's why Jesus said, you need to be born again. You need to be born of the flesh and you need to be born of the Spirit. If you've never really just given your life to Christ, asked Him to forgive you, repented of your sins, and just surrendered your life to Christ, You're spiritually dead, and the Lord wants to awaken you spiritually. Now, I want to pray for you. If that's you today, just by faith and just expressing your desire to repent and turn to God, God will hear your prayer and heal your spirit this morning. So with everybody's heads bowed and everybody praying, if you're here today and you say, Todd, would you pray for me? I'm not sure I'm a Christian, but I want to make sure that I'm healed in my spirit today. Would you pray for me? Just raise your hand. Just lift your hand and I want to pray for you. Thank you, sir. I see your hand right here, sir. I see your hand. Anywhere else, just raise your hand and just hold it up so I can see it right back here. Sir, I see your hand right back here. I see your hand. Now let's pray. Let's all pray this prayer together. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross, shedding your blood so that I could be healed. I could have the joy of the Holy Spirit in my spirit. Lord, I repent. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to cleanse me. I surrender to you. I want to live the Christian life. Thank you, Jesus, for accepting me. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Now listen, we purposely don't want to embarrass you. If you raise your hand, you pray that prayer. But we do want to get some some information in your hands, like a Bible and whatever else we can help you with. If you'll just fill that card out in the pew that says, I made a decision, and bring it into the lobby and just let them know. Just hand them the card. They'll know what to do. And welcome to the family of God. We are so honored to have you as part of our family. Amen. Amen. So listen, I want to encourage you, rather than focus on the negative, 
focus on the positive and just get involved in the positive things begin emotionally connecting with people on the positive side and the and the other part will take care of itself amen if you're if you're stonewalled and you can't make any headway be man or woman enough to say can is there anything i can do is there any way i can help you i can tell that you're struggling right now emotionally and who knows the lord might use that question to heal a relationship amen let me pray a blessing over you father i pray the favor and the blessing of the lord over every person that is here today lord we love you we honor you and we bless you in jesus name we pray amen now listen if you need prayer for anything you come this way and there'll be somebody here to pray god bless you have a great day be blessed as you go